All right, well, good morning. It's good to be here. We'll call this coming back home. Lots of new faces. I'm excited about this. I'm excited to see uh, so many new young families and then some old friends and families, too. I, I brought up a, a gift of uh, <clears throat> an RC Cola and a Moon Pie. I don't, I don't know if you've ever had one of these, but they're, they're pretty incredible. Uh, so when I was here, yeah, lots of fun things, lots of uh, cycling up and down the street, moving into Riverside. That was my fixed gear, by the way. I was much more of a hipster then. Now I've got three kids. That slows you down a little bit. But one thing that I did on, uh, on Wednesday nights is for any uh, church member that just uh, really showed um, that they were willing to just meet some folks and greet people and just embrace some of the new change, I rewarded them with an RC Cola and a Moon Pie. Have you ever had an RC Cola and a Moon Pie? Okay, yep, yep, anybody? So, I'm so excited about what God is doing here. You know, I come back five years later, I'm so excited about what God is doing here that I, I still have to give away an RC Cola and a Moon Pie, okay? And I'm going to give it to Pastor Clint. <laughs> so, Pastor Clint, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, man, for having me. Um, what y'all don't know is my high school football coach used to say, if you can't make it out here on the field, go home and drink an RC Cola. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, he's making it. Yeah. No, I'm really excited about that, and that's uh, just a, a, little, a little gift for y'all. Well, hey, turn in your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, this is... Uh, Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Now, as I look out this morning, I am starting to notice uh, just some of the, the faces uh, not uh, blending in, and some of you still sit on the same row that you sat on back then, okay? <laughs> so I know where to find you. It is good to be here. Uh, thank you, Clint, for, for having me. Uh, you know, Clint and I formed a friendship through the Baptist Network here and even bumped into each other down in Birmingham, Alabama at the Southern Baptist Convention this past summer and got to hang out a little bit. So it is, it is cool to, to come back and, um, and be here. And um, yeah, it's such a joy. To, this is where I cut my teeth. I was 29 years old, and they called me as their pastor. I mean, they were, they were a little crazy, I mean, to call a young guy. No seminary, but God worked that out for sure. And then I'd be remiss not to mention uh, Mike Stallings before we get started. I do want to just mention that, and we have been praying, just as we've seen on Facebook, uh, just uh, prayers for that family as they mourn uh, his death. I can remember Mike walking around here on his crutches, changing light bulbs around this building, and so such a sweet family, sweet guy. When we were here, even his wife Sherry was the only person out there in the nursery. The nursery was in this house here. I know there's a Montessori school now, uh, but that uh, was where she was at with our only uh, child at the time, Ryan, so uh, it's really cool to see a lot of changes. Hebrews chapter 12, this is where I'll begin. Would you stand with me in the honor of the reading of the Word of God, if you're able? <clears throat> the Scripture says this. This is two verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, 
scorning its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for our time together, this sweet moment of gathering. Uh, many generations, we, we think backward, we think forward, and most of all, Lord, we put our minds and our hearts on Jesus this morning. We thank you for your word. I'm thankful just for the friends and family here and the legacy that is here, but God, all that you are doing, thank you for Clint's leadership and pray, God, that you would bless him and and all that this church continues to do. The young families here, and what a bright spot here on the west side, and as you use this church for your glory to reach not only this neighborhood, but the nations. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. The writer here, writing in Hebrews, is writing to a group, a church, that is weary they, they've been going at it for some time now, and they find themselves a, a bit weary. He writes to encourage them, and here's how I know this. If you were to write this down, Hebrews 3.13, the context here of this very book is this. The writer says, exhort one another today, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And that's such a good thing to do to encourage one another because sin is very much like that. It will harden our hearts if we're not careful. Sin will creep in and begin to kind of gnaw away and pick at us and harden our hearts and we have the responsibility to encourage one another and not be led away by sin's deceitfulness. First Baptist Church, Chattahoochee, I'm here today to encourage you. Keep going. Keep Keep moving forward. Keep trusting the Lord and His faithfulness and following Him. Look at verse 1 with me. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says this, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Here the writer mentions a great cloud of witnesses, and he has us look back at chapter 11. Chapter 11 is a reminder of these men and women of faith, those that trusted in the Lord. Verse 1 of chapter 11 says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. You see, we are a people that live not by sight, but by faith. And you heard Tony's introduction, and all of that is halfway true. I'm, I'm kidding, it's, it's all true. But think about the... The opportunity that the church has, the, the opportunity that the church has is not to live by what they see, but to live by what they hope in and what they have faith in. That's what First Baptist Chattahoochee has done. Not lived by sight, but lived by faith in what we believe God is leading us to do and the vision that God has here for this church. Verse 2 says this, For by it, that is faith, the people of old received their commendation. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen is made out of the things that are visible. So here we learn from the people of God that, that they did not live for the world's standard. They didn't live for what the world thought of them. They lived for God's commendation. They received their commendation by faith and trusting that uh, God created all things. We see faith from Abel to Jephthah. If you look at verse or chapter 11, 
Faith from Noah to Samuel. We see the women here, Sarah and Rahab, as examples of faith. Enoch, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, and the prophets. These are the cloud of witnesses that the writer puts before us. You see, when we come and do a homecoming like this, you know, churches don't, don't uh, do this so much anymore. You put a tent out in the parking lot, there's some, some warm, yummy food just waiting out there for us. I mean, I, I know I, if I go long, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> we don't do this sort of thing. Homecoming is kind of rare these days. You have to kind of look it up, like, what exactly does homecoming mean? Well, I think that homecoming, as much like this text of Scripture, we're surrounding ourselves by a great cloud of witnesses, those that have gone before us, and we're remembering what God has done, and we're also hoping for the future. Now, here is the challenge when we come to a day like this, homecoming. And it's all wrapped up in a word, nostalgia. Anybody? Now, I'm, a, I'm a, a little bit of a throwback right here, you know what I mean? I'm an old soul, and so I appreciate some old things. Melanie would call that hoarding. I, I love to collect little things and everything has a memory i've got a coffee cup for everything and and it tells a story i love to tell a story well nostalgia can be uh, warm and inspiring and remind us of great memories but nostalgia can also be very dangerous and deceptive I believe that nostalgia is right, and as we lean into this text, nostalgia helps us remember those great people of faith who trusted the Lord, great women and men of faith who, who believed God for great things, and they followed Him. But nostalgia can also be deceptive because we can forget the, the hurts and the pains of the past. We, we can kind of wipe them away and pretend like they don't happen, and here's what happens. When we do that, we just make the past the goal. The, the, the golden days, we want to return to those days, but those days were just as crazy as these days. They had just as much trouble in them as today. What we're to do with something like nostalgia, just as the scripture tells us here, is we're to remember the past and thank God for it. Thank Him for what He's done. And on the shoulders of those that have gone before us, we move forward. There is still work to do, and there is a mission to be accomplished. And so when we come, let us not be naive. Let us be hopeful and full of faith as we trust the Lord Jesus in moving forward. The scripture says this. It says that there's a great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us, and it should be motivation for us to throw off anything that hinders you see, what will hinder us from moving forward, what will hinder you, First Baptist Church, Chattahoochee, from moving forward is sin that so easily entangles. So what is that secret sin? What is it that, that hides uh, apathy or uh, prayerlessness, gossip, sin that strangles out what is good and what God wants for your life or what God wants for this church it's important that we we fight and we lay aside anything that holds us back the scripture here calls us to run a race and not to be weighed down by sin that so easily entangles uh, we we moved to athens georgia 
Uh, not to say that I'm a Bulldogs fan, but it's fun to live there. <laughs> my, my son just started swimming, so he's a chip off the old block. Me uh, was a swimmer uh, back in the day, but he swims uh, each week with the Athens Bulldog Club. And a couple weeks ago, he had his first meet called the Red and Black Meet. That's probably appropriate. And there we are, we're, we're at the meet, and I'm a timer. I've got my, my, my watch. I'm watching these kids come in. They tag the wall. Wouldn't it be crazy if my son Ryan says, Dad, I'm ready to swim. He gets his, uh, his goggles and a swim cap. You know, I've got to put it on him each, each time, you know, wet the hair and got it. Wouldn't it be crazy if Ryan came out to go swimming and was wearing hiking boots and a, and a hoodie with his, with his uh, hood put, pulled up over his head. It'd be absolutely crazy. He jumps in the pool, ready to swim, and he's, he's waterlogged, sinking to the bottom. You see, the scripture here tells us that we're to, we're to run, not weighted down. We're to run because the goal is to finish. That's the goal. To trust Christ all the way to the finish line. Verse 1 continues this way. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. In context here, this, this church faced great persecution and opposition. I'd like to say that we would be familiar with something like that, but I don't believe the American church really knows what it is to really experience persecution for their faith. But I do know many of us have endured great tragedy or even loss in the room. A loss of a loved one, cancer. We know what it is to experience loss, to come up against opposition or, or struggle. And here the scripture tells us to run the, the, the race of faith with endurance. It reminds me of a, a story that Kathy Keller uh, shared one time as she spoke. Her, her husband is Tim Keller, you may know of that name, and she speaks of this book. Joni Erickson Tata writes a book called A Step Further. If you're not familiar with our story, it's a powerful story, but Joni Erickson Tata was, was paralyzed when she was 17 years old. And she writes there that she laid in the bed, and she thought that maybe she would try to rescue something paralyzed from the the waist uh, or the neck down she she thinks well maybe just to entertain some lustful thoughts some fantasies no one will ever know it won't affect anyone there she lay in the hospital bed paralyzed from the neck down just wanted to rescue something no one will know no one will see who will it hurt all being played out on the cosmic arena where the saints and the angels and the powers and the principalities and the triune God and the witness her eternal battle. Turn from that sin and glorify God or in view of all of it, indulge herself. She writes, she resisted the temptation to do so. And she she says this, I, I could still boldly do something to glorify God. I knew that he was doing something and I could give him a sacrifice of thanksgiving. You see, even in her being paralyzed from the neck down, she had a choice to make. Give in to sin, which clings so closely, or trust in God and faith in him. 
and be used by him for his glory. I believe that that's the same decision every one of us has to make. Do we lean in to the things of the Lord and believe him and in faith to move forward, or do we give in to sin which clings so closely? The Christian life is a life of fighting. It's not a cakewalk. When we trust in the Lord Jesus, there's a cost to following him. Fight to follow Jesus. Fight against the ever-present temptation of self and sin. The devil would not want a victory. The devil wouldn't want a church to succeed here on the west side. But praise God because he is ever-present and faithful. And if his people trust in him and they live by the Spirit and not by the flesh, great things are in store. Now the writer here of Hebrews gives us the how. He doesn't just leave us hanging out there like, well, so how does this get done and where do we go from here? Look with me to verse 2. He says, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What's really powerful about this is that the writer shifts our eyes from that great cloud of witnesses to Jesus. No one there could ever measure up. I mean, God used them in a great way, but they were not perfect. He says, you look to Jesus. As a matter of fact, when I look through that list there in chapter 11, I think of their grievous sins before the Lord. Yet God still used them. We forget sometimes that when we read through the Bible that not everyone's perfect. We tend to make them perfect maybe because they're leather-bound and in a, uh, on these nice pages or whatever. We, we tend to think that they were sinless, but they weren't. God did a great work in their life and their, their hearts, and they were, they were transformed and changed by, by Jesus, and so they continued to pursue him. But the writer here says, not only look back, not only have your homecoming, but you look to Jesus. Consider Jesus. Consider whom he is. William L. Lane, in agreement with F.F. Bruce, says this, all this looking back, looking to Jesus, looking forward is designed by the writer to inspire heroic Christian discipleship. This is all about following Jesus. It's all about trusting in Him, hoping in Him. No matter what life tosses your way, no matter what challenges the church goes through, trusting in Jesus. Keep on keeping on. Live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Walk by faith, not by sight. Follow Jesus. The Scripture here says, look to Jesus he is the source, the founder, the cornerstone. The entire Christian faith rests upon the person and the work of Jesus. The perfecter, the scripture says. We are not perfect, but Jesus is perfect. The finisher, the one that completed our faith. Christ has done all things necessary to secure our salvation and he will see his work 
through the end. Listen to this. Jesus shows his followers how to be found faithful to the end. The only way to endure and stand firm is to consider Jesus. He endured great hostility in the race. If you're here this morning and you've never heard the gospel, it really is simple. There's a lot of ways to tease it out and a lot of nuances. We could start back in the beginning to Genesis and make our way all the way through the Revelation, but listen to this. The kernel of the gospel is as simple as John 3.16, that God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross, that if anyone would trust in him, their sins would be forgiven. And he resurrected three days later, that if anyone trusts in Christ, not only are their sins forgiven, but they receive eternal life. That's the good news. But listen, it's not just a one-time decision. The Bible doesn't talk about making a decision for Jesus. The Bible talks about making disciples for Christ. Matthew 28, maybe you're familiar with this, the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. First Baptist Church, Chattahoochee, there is a mission to accomplish, and you won't do it alone. I'll do it with you. I'm up there in Green Acres, Athens, Georgia. There's churches all around Atlanta. As a matter of fact, a great friend of mine named JB at Claremont is good friends with Clint. We're going to do this together. We're going to join God in his mission, following Jesus. There's a reason this church is still here. There's a reason you're, you're sitting there and we're gathered around the preached word of God. There's a reason that you have a closed closet and Clinton and Peggy are having meals down in their home. There, there's a reason in which you have uh, uh, the, the fellowships with the young families and th there's membership classes happening here. I mean, there's a reason for all of it. And the reason is the mission of God, to proclaim the gospel, to take the gospel out to these surrounding neighborhoods and all around the world. Jesus is the source and the founder of our faith. Gossip, slander, confusion, Jesus. Betrayal, insecurity, false accusation, Jesus. Beaten, persecuted, ridiculed, Jesus. Death, resurrection, and life, Jesus. That's what our faith is about. Paul reminds us of this as he was kind of wrapping up his life and as he was launching out young Timothy as a young pastor, he says this, I have fought the faith, or I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul knew what it was about, and he was not going to give up. He was going to continue to start churches and see, see older ones renewed. I mean, God's mission has never changed. It might look a little different. The methodology might change, but his mission has never changed. May the gospel be made known in whatever context, in whatever age, in whatever skin color, and beyond our borders around the world. So First Baptist Church, Chattahoochee, run. Run the race. I know that just as when I was here, 
It's like asking you to put on your running shoes again. But keep the faith. Pray. Trust your pastor. Do good. Put away gossip. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Pray to the Lord of the harvest and await his coming again. He's coming again. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful for this moment. I am thankful for such a sweet church to love me, care for me, launch me out from here. But more than me, more than just a short blip in time, Lord, I am thankful, God, for your great legacy, all that has been done here over the many years. And for now, this day, we thank you for Clint and his wife, Peggy. We ask, God, that you'd strengthen them for this day as we come home and have a homecoming. But Lord, I pray for days to come. I pray that this church continue to stay in the game, run the race of faith. Use them, God, for your glory. May they be a people who are willing, who open their, their hands and say yes to you. May this continue to be a bright spot here on the west side of Atlanta. We thank you, God, for your goodness, your mercy, and grace. We commit it all to you and ask God that you would use us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.